the Elevate Yourself podcast is brought to you in partnership with Athletic Brewing. Athletic Brewing is beer that is brewed without compromise. It tastes just like the hard stuff, except you don't get any of the baggage. So no hangover, less calories, less sugar, super yummy, and you can drink it any time of day. Encourage you to check them out at athleticbrewing.com and use code ELEVATE30. That's right, code ELEVATE30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. Do it. Hey now, and welcome to the Elevate Yourself podcast. I'm Rob, and I am thrilled to get to be the host of this show. I feel super lucky. I work for this awesome company called Elevation Health. And in each episode of this show, I get to have a conversation with folks from all different walks of life about how they elevate themselves. It's my hope that these conversations will make you think, force you to change your best, and as a result, help you get a little bit closer to becoming the best version of you. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. It's great to be here, Rob. Thanks for inviting me. So Steve, just briefly tell folks kind of your your personal origin story, maybe a little bit about your background, education, and how all of that ultimately led you to the work that you do today. Uh, Wonderful. Well, Rob, um, I'm uh, formally trained in, uh, as a mental health professional. It's what I went to school for. Always had a passion for fitness as well. So as a trainer, uh, which I started in college as a personal trainer and then became trained through the National Academy of Sports Medicine and also as a, a wellness coach and executive coach through groups like Well Coaches and then the International Coaching Federation. And um was able to find a way to blend that in owning uh, several businesses, whether uh, personal training studios, coaching businesses, um, operating health and wellness facilities, um, and coaching it, you know, doing uh, coaching enterprises. And then today, uh, I applied the, those things, and it's how I became uh, it came into relationship with you and Elevation in uh, design, helping to design and consult on, on uh, the design of fitness amenities. And uh, so I, I head up commercial partnerships and national accounts for two organizations, Peloton and, and Precore today. And um, it tends to keep me pretty busy. Um, you are uh, a man after my own heart um, in terms of your structure and your routine. Um, I know a little bit about it. And I would just love for you to kind of tell folks a little bit about your daily routine, how you think about the structure of your day. Um, if you want to start it from the moment, what time you wake up and then kind of what happens until you hit the pillow at night. Yeah, um, a- absolutely. Um, I just have found for me, Rob, that starting my day, uh, as Simon Sinek says, with my why you know, why, why is why would this day be important to me? What's important to me? What do I want to accomplish is, is, is where I started. And I, be, I believe that I can't, um, I can't begin to create what I want until I discover and, and focus and dwell on exactly what it is I want to create in the day. And then I can begin to figure out what it is I need to do to actually create it. And that starts for me about 4.30 in the morning. I, yeah, I really, have these routines where I get up I, uh, and, I, and I focus on trying to uh, breathe. I call these my power hours. It's about three hours from 4.30 to 7.30 that are my time. And 
and I focus on getting the most important things done for me uh, in, in the day. And um, this often means as I sit and dwell on my most deeply held core values and beliefs, and then the, my most important goals that I want to achieve is thinking about the structure of my day and where there's always so many great or what I call good opportunities for us to spend our time and energy every day that uh, oftentimes I find I have to say no to the good opportunities so that I can say yes to the great things that I want to achieve or accomplish. And when I schedule my day out, usually I find there's only room to pursue the great rather than uh, fill it up with some of the, a lot of those good alternatives. And so that requires making some tough choices, setting some boundaries, and um, then uh, scheduling the day uh, in a way that I can manifest myself as my authentic self and pursue the, the things that are most important to me. So those power hours are you know, typically involve things like that focus on values, maybe some prayer, some meditation, then moving right into that to planning the day. And then I'm a I'm a lark, obviously. I'm a I'm an early morning guy. We'll talk a minute in a minute about prototypes, but um, I find that for me, getting my most rigorous exercise out of the way first thing in the day uh, ensures that it happens. Ensures that I have the, the right energy to bring to it, and uh, then get a good healthy breakfast, and and then I can move into uh, then the commitments that I have to others, for my employer, my family, and you know friends and, and colleagues the rest of the day from there. Oh my goodness. There's so much rich goodness in that right there. <laughs> um, I feel like I want to put that in a poster. I wanted to I want to share it with the world. Um, that's so much great stuff there, Steve, and, and so much that um, I believe true of myself and folks have heard me talk about some of those um, on other podcast episodes, but it's so fun to get to hear somebody compact it all into that, those power hours. Um, there's a little thing in there that you that you hit on, and this is something that I had recently been reflecting on myself, this idea of saying no to things. And I, I think sometimes people, perhaps we're now in a, in a world in which people are like, oh, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say no to it because I don't want to do it. And what you're getting at is not that it's the saying no to the things that we don't want to do. Like that, that's easy, right? How, but talk to us a little, maybe a little bit about the courage that it takes to to say no to the things that sound pretty good, but they're not what you qualify as great. Yeah, that's uh, great, Rob. So um, the the big challenge we've got today is that we get sort of snack fed all day long, just from our mobile devices. Uh, breaking news is a you know probably anytime you turn on the, uh, yes. whether it's social media or or uh, the TV, you're, uh, you pass, yeah, every, everywhere you go, it's like an alert, right? And those things, it's, it's understanding for ourselves that a lot of times those things tend to, to um, manifest cortisol in our systems because we get sort of this amygdala alert response, like, wow, what's the next crisis, what's happening? And it's, so it's, it's looking to understand uh, where the distractions happen that don't necessarily move me closer to what I need to get done or who I want to be um, mm -hmm. and figuring out who are the associations and or things that are the great things that I'm pursuing or the great support or the great messaging that's going to move me closer to who I want to become or the things I want to manifest or achieve. And also putting those boundaries up to be able to say no to the things that we identify 
that are pulling us further away from it. And sometimes that's that's that can be friends and colleagues, that can be associations. I found after I graduated high school, went to college, had my first jobs, a lot of the people that I that I uh, built associations with, as I began to evolve as a human being and determine what the great path was for me and that I wanted to be on, not everybody supported that. And I had to make difficult decisions sometimes to move out of those relationships or out of environments that were kind of toxic and, and holding me back. Very well said. That's um, it's really good. Now, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of something that a, a mentor of mine during my master's had talked about it, this idea of find, making sure that we're fo following things that bring us joy. Um, and I think that that's almost another way, my way, I guess, for me that I identify with of the great, of, is this bringing me joy? Um, and I, that that's uh, that's a powerful driver and being around people that bring us joy too, right? Yeah, and it's, it's so easy today to find drama and div divisiveness, division, uh, negative messaging in our culture that I, I love the idea of, you know, seeking the joy. Uh, we really, you know, we, we have, we do have to, I think architect our focus and thinking through the day to, to actually be looking for it because it's not always just right on the surface. You mentioned earlier that you're a lark. Um, anybody that's that knows me well knows that I believe that I'm a lark as well. I'm, I'm normally up at five. If it's five fifteen, I've slept in. Um, you're, you, you're up at four thirty. So uh, tell us about larks versus owls i once saw and heard you give a great presentation on these and chronotypes can you tell a little bit of uh, talk talk birds to us for a little bit Steve? absolutely absolutely rob so this the, uh, the the nomenclature of lark versus owl actually came uh in the 90s in research that was done on people's sleep habits and kind of daily routines around are you an early morning riser and what are the effects of that? Or are you an evening person who likes to stay up late and sleep in in the morning? And what are the effects of that? And what's interesting is back in the late 90s, the research initially, the, the conclusions from it were that there wasn't that big of a difference. And that uh, there was positives for both. That, you know, people who rose early in the morning uh, typically got things done. Uh, were very productive, but they also um, oftentimes were more stressed out that you've heard about the personality types, type A, type B. You know, larks were considered to be a little bit more type A. Um, night owls, a um, little bit more type, type B, a little less of the stress uh, hormones circulating through their bodies. But as we've begun to be able to track biomarkers for people around uh, good sleep, rest, recovery, heart rate variability, things like that, as we've been able to quantify self more objectively through wearable devices, we're learning a lot more about the benefits of being a lark, that typically larks go to sleep when it's dark and wake up as the sun's coming up. And we've, we, there's, there's significant research out there on even just watching the sun set at night, how that sets our, our circadian rhythm and watching the sun rise also does the same, energizes us and has real benefit for us. And so typically what we find with larks is that um, the research is showing that they, they're healthier, they have had better sleep, uh, which better sleep uh, usually means uh, less dementia, less mental health issues, where they're happier, um, they're more productive, they, they, the research does show that there could be the propensity for there to be higher levels of stress hormone. So I'm going to talk with you in 
a minute about a minute about interval living and how important recovery is, uh, even beyond good sleep for for individuals who want to live this way. And um, if there wasn't another detriment to a lark, it's typically that the energy can wane sort of around the midday or on the noon hour, right after lunch, you can feel a little bit of a lull. So you've got to understand the the energy ebbs and flows through the day, and there's ways to manage those. Um, uh, one of the one great way is through non-sleep um, uh, deep relaxation, which is actually oftentimes not an actual nap, but just a short five to 10 minute relaxation that can uh, allow us to recover and regain the energy level as larks that we're looking for. And so I could do a whole session for you just on that and breathing. But the, the so the, the big detriment we see with night owls uh, or uh, is that oftentimes they're not participating in the work schedule during the same time that others are. So that eight to five time frame where a lot of other you know, businesses are operating, things like that. So that can be challenging. The one positive in that we see in night owls. So which is, I don't want to I want to be very balanced because I don't want it to sound judgmental if people are a night person. So they could, that they can be very creative. Night owls oftentimes are the creatives and uh, they can be inspired during those evening hours. And oftentimes their power hours end up being on the opposite bookend of the day in the evening rather than the morning. And, and again, can be, can be more creative. Oftentimes they have more mental stamina, you know, into those evening hours than, than us larks. So, um, and they oftentimes have more time where they might not have as much time for productivity and maybe their uh, career, uh, but they oftentimes invest more time in hobbies and creative endeavors in their personal lives. So a lot of it is depending on where do you want to be in terms of physical, mental health, and well-being. Where do you maybe want to be in terms of their pursuits in your life around creativity and those kinds of things? Oftentimes, night owls are more social and more connected with friends and and family as well. Where we're time uh, larks. Uh, oftentimes have their main associations with colleagues at work because they spend, you know, they spend more, you know, a little bit more time in that traditional setting. So those would be some of the, the findings that we've seen. But I would say in terms of for today's conversation around healthy routines, we're finding that there's significant benefit in being a lark and, and getting, we, we find that getting your exercise done early in the morning, checking that box matters. Owls oftentimes miss it. And then uh, there's a greater propensity for diabetes, heart disease, and cancers in night owls. Um, and uh, those are some things to consider. Really great stuff, Steve. And I, I think you're, you know, I, I know there's continuing emerging, emerging uh, research in this area, looking at exercise and you know, around feeding, um, all of these things are, it, it's really an exciting time. Um, and you, you mentioned some of those kind of principles and your routines and the way in which you go about your day. Um, I, I would love for you to just kind of share with folks um, maybe your pillars or the, the things that are like must happen every single day. I have a couple of them myself, but kind of maybe what are your, your pillars that you go to for overall healthy routine, daily wellness? I, I love it. I'll, I'll try to keep it. I try to keep it simple for myself and those that I coach to Robin. I mean, I'll be eager to have you uh, share some of your secrets for this too. The first and most important thing, principally for me, is understanding that I need to I need to uh, do interval living, what I call interval living, and and there's great authors like Jack Roppel, uh, uh, who's done a lot of the research on this. Uh, Jim Lair and and Tony Schwartz wrote a great book years ago called The Powerful Engagement, 
where they talk about our day having intervals where we sprint and we, we exert high energy and focus, and then also that we recover. And when we listen to our bodies, our, our bodies and minds oftentimes will tell us that when those times need to be, right? And so I like to approach you know, my principles for well-being around um, really what my, my mind and body need the most. And you and I have talked about this in the past, Rob, around first thing we need most is air. You can only live without air for a couple of minutes, right? And um, it's this essential thing for our being that when we're, when we're well oxygenated and breathing well, great things happen. Our blood gets oxygenated and we think, we think better, we feel better, we move better. So um, the interesting thing about air and breathing is there's two things to think about. We can either use air and breathing to upregulate ourselves and energize ourselves to accomplish more things, focus better, be more active, or we can downregulate ourselves with breathing too. We can use it for relaxation and to prepare for better sleep. So we could have a whole session just on that, uh, Rob, just talking about air and breathing. The next most important thing is water. We find uh, on average, most people are operating in a dehydrated condition. And so focusing on hydration and um, again, scheduling hydr hydration break, monitoring how much uh, you know, clean water intake we're taking each day really matters in terms of being able to perform and feel well when we're when we have uh, oxygenated blood and we're hydrated, the two most important things our body needs, we feel better and we operate way better. Then right after that, I like to focus on my principles or my pillars that you talk about, Robert, around what I call fuel. And fuel isn't just food. Nutrition is important. We can you, know, you we could spend weeks talking about the different uh, nutritional philosophies and plans that are out there available for people. I've just found whole healthy foods with living enzymes in them, lots of plant-based fruits, vegetables, things like that really work. But I also want to spend just a second to talk about this other fuel for us, which is the mental emotional fuel of life is what are you focused on? What what uh, inputs or fuel are you we allowing to come into our mind that uh, regulate either positively or negatively our thoughts, moods, energy? So what social media are you listening to and looking at? What news programs and, and uh, where are you getting your information about what's happening culturally, economically, et cetera? What books are we reading? What music are you listening to? And I think there's that examination we have to do is, are these things that I'm that I'm allowing in, in my mind, uh, are, they, are they moving me closer to ultimately who I want to be? Are they helping me learn? Are they helping me uh, on, on the uh, progress? Or are they, are they moving me, putting me in a different mindset that maybe wouldn't be as motivational? And so the last couple of things I'll just mention too around pillars are just what I call meaningful movement. So if I'm I've got my my breathing right. I'm I'm uh, got hydrated. I've maybe fueled with some good you know things to, uh, to for energy for my physical body. Then I want to be thinking about thoughtful and how can I thoughtfully and meaningfully move. And we have to schedule that into our days. And it can't. I found that five to six, three to five minute um, high intensity quick cardio bouts through the day do more for me than a 30 to 40 minute durational cardiovascular workout. Um, I find that it helps regulate my energy, my mood. So breaking it up throughout the day, parking a little bit further in the, you know, when I go to the grocery store in the parking lot, so I walk a few more steps or taking the stairs instead of the elevator. I always tell my clients, every time I take 
the elevator, I have to remember it's lowering my capacity to ever take the stairs again. So I'd never take that elevator, right? So I'm all about, I wanna to continue to, to build capacity or maintain it, especially as we age. And then the last thing, the last couple of things were around re reflection and recovery. I bookend the day. The end of the day is, is just is the, you know, when I lay my head down on the pillow at night, I want to think about, hey, did I live the kind of day-to-day -day that moved me closer to what I'm trying to create or who I'm trying to become? Or were there some areas that I could improve? And I'll think about those and I'll set intentions tomorrow to, to just do a little bit better. And then, and then lastly is that recovery piece. And again, Jack Roppel, Jim Lair, Tony Schwartz, they give great ideas on how to, um, sometimes you, you do that um, non-sleep, uh, deep relaxation. You might do a power nap. You might just get into nature for a few minutes and quiet the noise. And uh, I know that's something you wanted to talk, talk about a little bit today as well. As well. So, so good, Steve. And I really appreciate what you shared, especially about the idea of what we're taking in for fuel and what we're observing, what we're watching. I try to say that to myself a lot. Sometimes we do just need things to escape for a second and let that be the relaxation, let that be the down of the interval. Um, but so often I think, is this getting me closer to where I want to become? Is this helping me get closer to the person that I want to become? Is this improving my skill set, expanding my capacity? So that's really, really good. Um, yes, I would love for you just to share, how, how do you turn off the noise? I know there's all kinds of things out there, but if you were going to give a just a quick little recommendation to somebody about maybe how to turn off the noise or when to think about turning down the noise, what would you say? Well, I first would just say, Rob, we all have as much noise as we could ever want. That's the easy part, right? There, Everywhere we go is noisy today. And uh, we actually, again, with with our mobile devices, oftentimes engineer where we rarely have a quiet moment. We fill every quiet moment with noise, with music, podcasts, news, you name it. And so I would just say the first thing around quieting noise is we have to schedule it. We have to intentionally say, there's this part of my day that I'm going to have no, 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 no noise, even no sound. And we found the best way to do that is getting into nature or going into a quiet room. But oftentimes it's it's even hard for us in this, today's day and age to, to even oftentimes find a quiet room. But um, this quieting the noise is important as good sleep hygiene um, because what noise does is it typically generates uh, stress hormones for us all day long. Um, when there's loud noises, that's not generating relaxation hormones. It's typically generating cortisol and other 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 uh, stress hormones, and so and that causes the myriad of physical and mental uh, degenerative and challenging health results. So, um, one of the key ways for me is I like to spend time in nature. Um, I do try to build those quiet times into my day as, as recovery points uh, to, to uh, in that interval living. And then I found a really cool device about six months ago, Rob. It's a neuro, uh, noise canceling neurofeedback headphones that I put on that have protocols for meditation, focus, optimization, relaxation, and sleep that helps me uh, it's literally a, 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 a music and visual protocol that helps me quiet my mind, narrow my focus to accomplish what I want, whether it's relaxation or sleep, or I also do it in the, in, in the beginning of the day to upregulate where I begin to start with med 
meditation on those core values I talk about, but then ultimately into focus and optimization where I can literally have those on while I'm answering email or focus in on a project. If I want to eliminate distractions and be really focused, I can do a 30 minute sprint session with those and it's outstanding. And then I find I can do a recovery session after that. So tools like that are amazing and there's a lot of them available. So good, Steve. It's so good. And these, these things matter. And I, it's, and um, uh, you were talking about sleep hygiene and there are people that my family knows this. I think, sometimes I think they think I'm a maniac the way I'm like, okay, need, I want my room cold, you know, and, but at the same time it works and it works for a reason. And I can right. always tell such a difference when I don't have, you know, when the hygiene is poor, the sleep's ultimately poor, then it's got that downstream effect. So I yeah. just love the actionable things that you're talking about to uh, be preventative um, and proactive um, in driving the car of our lives. Yeah, agreed. Totally agree. All right. We're almost out of time, Steve. I have more questions, but we're going to have to have you come back. I, I want to do rapid fire real quick. A couple questions to pepper at you here to finish up. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. All right. One thing you do every single day that elevates you. You mentioned a bunch. For me, right? it's it's all about um, movement. I just try to move in thoughtful, meaningful ways. Uh, corrective exercise. If, you know, I know I sit too much. Things like that, uh, where I just know I've got I've got to get up, stretch out, and uh, think about posture. Think about getting the steps and the movement in that exercise in the morning. So it's all just I want to engineer movement into my day everywhere I can. Best small, less than $50 purchase for healthy routine that you have ever made. Less than 50 bucks, healthy routine purchase. Yeah, for me, it's a foam roller. Um, I just find, again, I, I talk about corrective exercise to overcome the effects of inactivity and sitting too much on airplanes and offices. Um, a good a good roller session for me two, two, you know, two or three times a day uh, makes a world of difference for my, my posture and how I feel. I've never felt worse after a foam roller session, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just do it more, you'll feel better. Exactly. Um, can't go wrong breakfast. You mentioned breakfast. What, what's your go-to? Can't go wrong. Going to be a great day breakfast. Yeah. First, first thing for me is I'd say try to delay it. Uh, yeah. I found um, the incredible benefits from a 12 to 14 hour fast. So stop yeah. eating, you know, 7, 7 p.m. ish at night and try not to, Unless I'm doing a really rigorous workout, you know, first thing in the morning, I might have a little bit of carbohydrate just to make sure I don't, you know, don't crash on that. But uh, I, I try to delay breakfast. And for me, the go-to fast effective is uh, a strawberry, blueberry, banana, spinach, protein powder, or smoothie. Um, I kind of sip on that uh, as my, uh, as uh, uh, you know, my first drink. And then after that rigorous workout, uh, typically is uh, some protein, some eggs, nuts, or nut butter for recovery. It works great. We are cut from the same cloth. Um, you mentioned some principles. Do you have a quote, a saying that kind of is your go-to grounding principle? I think it's the one we already talked about, Rob. It's, you know, learning to say no to the good so we can say yes to the great, to the things we want to create in life. And there's just such a mindset about, putting boundaries and structure and focus in our lives to, to remind, to remember that every day we're the creative force and, and our choices and decisions will, I think be the most important thing in determining whether we get to where we want to go or we don't have that internal locus of control and know that you can create it. 
favorite song of music to listen to when you're exercising or maybe one of those sprint sessions? What, what are you listening to during one of those little quick intervals? Um, I'll say it depends. Uh, so, uh, durational cardio, I oftentimes like to listen to, uh, podcasts. Um, some of my favorites are, you know, Ben Greenfield, the Huberman lab, Peter Atia, people like that just, just help me, uh, uh, understand the most relevant science today in health and well-being and longevity. Uh, but then when I get to those arduous strength training sessions of, you know, I uh, I uh, wouldn't sure mind listening to some hard driving ACDC or Guns N' Roses to get me through those reps. Yes, let's go. Oh, my goodness. Well, Steve, this has been so much fun. I can't thank you enough for saying yes to this and got to believe that you felt that this was a great opportunity. And we certainly feel that it was really great and fortunate to have you on the show. Um, thanks so much, Steve. Really, really appreciate yeah. it. Rob, I love you and the folks at Elevation. You're near and dear to my heart. What you do is incredible. Thanks. I'm honored that you'd invite me on to, to participate in this. So, so thank you and keep doing the great things you're doing. As I mentioned, I work for Elevation Health and we've been in business for 27 years, creating customizable solutions for your fitness and wellness needs. That's right, folks. 27 years. And in our 27 years, we've seen it all. So whatever your needs might be, we got you covered. From fitness management and online training to on-site classes and integrated technology, we help small and large groups alike get healthy and stay engaged. I encourage you to learn more about us at contactelevation.com and to follow us on social media at elevation.health.